Hi, my name is Yasmin Tarehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. In today's episode, I interview Patricia Albert, the founder of the Evolutionary Collective, internationally known contemporary spiritual teacher, visionary, best-selling author of Evolutionary Relationships, Unleashing the Transformative Power of Mutual Awakening, and Recognized Leader in the Emerging Field of Post-Personal Development. Her unique experience of a sustained dual awakening over 20 years ago led to the discovery of the essential components that create an awakened we space that is transforming our understanding of what is possible in the space between us. She also has a free self-paced introduction to Mutual Awakening, and the e-course is available on her website, which we'll leave in the show notes. So welcome to the show, Patricia. Thank you. I'm glad to be here with you. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So Patricia, I wanted to dive right in and talk about this new evolutionary dimension of embodiment and what it actually means and, and what it means to be in an evolutionary relationship. So um, what I mean by an evolutionary relationship or evolutionary relating is probably more accurate is it's a way of being inside a consciousness of oneness with others. So rather than um, our usual focus, which is on our individual sense of self and our individual, you know, awakening to oneness, I'm sure um, the people that are listening, you know, that are in your audience are exploring probably, you know, their capacity to meditate or to experience, you know, their own connection to oneness. And um, the work that I'm doing is actually bringing people twos and more um, it's really more than just two people is bringing people into a space where you're actually inside that experience of unity and oneness together so you're kind of in the same inner reality even though um, it's kind of inner inner outer reality you're actually sharing consciousness together um, and it really opens up a very different world of what's possible Yeah. And Patricia, I'm so fascinated by this because I think a lot of us are in a space where we think we're in a relationship or we think we're relating to others, yet it feels like from what I understand about your work, that there's actually a much deeper space that we, a lot of us probably don't know is possible. So I'd love to understand a little bit more about how it actually works, um, you know, like what are sort of the steps? Like, do we have to be part of the um, this group to kind of be able to access it? Or maybe you could give us an example of of maybe how you and I could could go deeper into a relating to another. Okay. Um, the, I think the most important thing to get is, and this is the the sort of longer conversation, is everything we're aware of you know, everything that, that everybody's paying attention to occurs in the, the design. There's a certain evolutionary design. And so people have been evolving individually for the last, you know, 10,000 years. So everything we think of, even about relationships, like you were saying, relationships are really about two separatenesses trying to get along, right? Trying to see each other and, you know, have our needs met and, trying not to project too much, you know, on the other person and 
etc. in our shadow and, and all of the rest of it. But it's the design that we assume is the only potential for human beings is always with this individual incarnational, um, we're learning through experience, we're getting more attuned to our, our own subjective world. You know, we're knowing ourselves more and more, but we're still separate. You know, you may be very attuned to your, your own world, you know, your own inner world and your feelings and your intuition, et cetera. And I may be very attuned to mine, but the design of it is still you're over there and I'm over here. And every once in a while, you know, maybe if when someone's making love or, um, you know, you're with your baby or you're in a sports thing and you're, you know, you just kind of go into one of those flow states and you somehow experience really being connected with someone else in that moment, which is very rare. Um, all, all of what everybody's learning has to do with how do I negotiate my separateness basically in the world? <laughs> how do I find the right person? And how do I feel more attuned to myself? And the particular awakening that I had um, over 20 years ago that was unbidden, it was, it was for four years with a with a very beautiful, mystical German man. Um, and we ended up being inside an awakening that we were having together. So it was something that it wasn't just happening to him and it wasn't just happening to me. Like we were inside something pretty continuously, you know, like 24-7. And I could always feel him and I knew what was happening and he knew what was happening. And we were we were more enhanced individually, but we were always connected. And um, something happened there that was because it was so sustained. Um, I realized many years later that whatever we had shared was the beginning of something that I could begin to see was going to be available to, to, to human beings, you know, that we weren't going to develop individually forever that that would not be the design. When you have 8 billion people on the planet and then 10 billion, you can't have everybody doing their thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you look out, even if people are great, which they're not a lot of the time, it's just unworkable. It's untenable for everybody to sort of be in their own world, being authentic even and feeling their feelings. And, you know, it's just, there's something in the design that's missing. So this awakening, this mutual awakening that I point to in the book and that, that I'm working with, you know, doing a very dedicated amount of work on bringing people inside the consciousness together through practice. Um, you do need to be with another person. Um, you do need to be able to, it works better if you can like at least see each other like on zoom and you have to know where to place your attention because it's not in the usual like authentic self, essence, soul, individuated kind of connection. There's a really, it's a, I call it the origination point. There's actually a source point that's very particular and is probably the, the, the height of, of the experience of you being you. You know what I mean? Like being more at the core and of who you are, but there's a purity to it that doesn't have all your karma attached, if that makes sense, you know, all of your lineage and then, and then, you know, like all of like the thousands of years of the journey that we've been on. And, you know, and I do think we 
we're not here one time. You know, I think we carry a certain consciousness through time. There's an access point that evolution, evolution does move on. You know, even though we as human beings, we think we're kind of like at the, you know, we're at the height of, 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 of what's possible, you know, we're reaching a ceiling. Um, and I think especially in the last year or two, people can really look out and see how something about how we are and how we are together is not, cannot be the end point. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, I love, I love the way that you speak about our consciousness as this interconnected space, which has, you know, there's, there's been a lot of um, talk on this topic of like a shared field and the collective. Um, and it almost reminds me of, I think it was Rob Bell's work, uh, Everything is Spiritual, how we're all sort of moving towards this shared idea of what it is to be human mm -hmm. in this shared consciousness. Uh, so I, I love that so much. I think I'm, I'm sort of interested in where we are today in society, which feels like so many people are, A, not connected to themselves at all. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. And not self-actualized um, or not even aware, not even conscious of being uh, unconscious. Right, right. And, <laughs> and, and so it feels like if we are moving towards a space where there is an interconnectedness, it almost feels in some ways scary uh, because there is so much unconsciousness right now. And uh, yeah, I'm sort of curious if you've seen the pandemic change that in a positive way, or if you feel like it's changed it in a negative way. I mean, I guess everyone has, has had very different anecdotal experiences. So, yeah, I think it's, it's part of, so, so let me just say it's part of a bigger wave. So this unity that I'm pointing to the shared non-egoic shared unity. So if you just, just feel into that for a moment, non-egoic shared unity, right? So it's something beyond the ego itself. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and you spoke about embodiment at the very beginning of the call. Um, without doing like there's a longer teaching that kind of gives more clarity and almost evidence for, for what I'm about to say. Um, but if you can just sort of like, like feel into or lean into that, you know, evolution is the, is the most powerful force there is. Evolution is what gives us the potentials that to, for existence. So it's like the ultimate creation, you know, like without, if it doesn't give the potentials for something to exist, it doesn't exist, right? So there was a point in evolution where there was no life. You know, there was light and then there was matter. You know, there was planets and rocks and, you know, fire and things like that. But there was no life at one point in existence. And then evolution, there was a wave of evolution that was given and gave life. And all of a sudden there were little cells and, you know, creatures and, um, the biosphere was born, right? At least, you know, we can just talk about our planet, but I'm sure, you know, I have a feeling it's similar in different places. Um, and once it gives the potential, there's like a quantum jump. And this is important because like, we think it's all up to us. We decide, we work on ourselves. We believe, we focus, we let go. You know, we do this, we do that. Um, and 
there's been an enormous, you know, amount of, of, you know, what we've created through civilization and stuff is, is, is pretty wild and amazing. Um, but evolution is, are the forces that give rise to the potentials for existence. And without, like I said, going into a whole long thing, there have been different potentials given to humans at different points. And the human beings that were around like at, in, you know, when they were building pyramids, if those were very different human beings than the ones that are here today. You know, there are different potentials that have been given since then that have allowed us to continue to develop in certain ways. Um, I'm asserting, you know, I'm a little bit of a heretic, but, you know, I've, I've been teaching and working with people for 50 years. So I, I feel very confident <laughs> in my, in my <laughs> assertions. Um, but there, there is evidence for, and even if you just think about it from a design standpoint, that the, the individuated path, the, the free will, the choices of light and dark, the learning through experience, the, you know, learning through our karmic, you know, learning how to unconditionally love ourselves, even when we screw everything up and blah, 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 you know, all of that and trying to coordinate with each other and trying to get along and trying to embrace our differences and all of that stuff, you can feel, even though we're still trying, we're trying to do something inside of a level of being human that's just so clunky and unworkable. It's just unworkable. You know, I mean, if you look out, it's not hard to figure out, like, we're screwed. I mean, this is not working. And the 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 pandemic and some of the other things i think are revealing with clarity kind of like the depressing news in a certain way that however the paradigm that we're in of human thought and consciousness and individual choices and trying to work on ourselves and all this stuff is not going to save the day in the end and that some other evolutionary wave is literally what I see, which is why I'm excited and why I'm not depressed, is that there's another evolutionary wave that is literally being given and that almost nobody is paying attention to because we're so busy with the individual ways in which we've been doing things for the last you know, couple of hundred years, is um, there's a unity that is, it's an embodied unity. Like you were talking about embodiment. It's not, you know, you know, mind, spirit, heart, body, mind, you know, kind of getting those separatenesses to come together. It's kind of like the biosphere. It's like literally when you enter into this consciousness that I'm pointing to, it's not, you realize it's not consciousness. It's literally like you feel different. You actually feel the sense of embodiment that is way beyond your body. And there's a kind of intimacy and connection with others and with existence. And like, you feel like you're inside everything in a real way, like in a way that almost feels like a lover. Like if you have a, a, a divine lover, you know, somebody who's, who's, you know, you're not just having sex with, you can feel like, like their breath, like your, your bodies become one in a certain way that lasts throughout the day. Mm. It's different, right? That embodiment of being more than just your body with your lover. Yeah, and I'm I'm so curious how 
that, because to, to me, like, I mean, I think that's the ultimate dream to feel that sense of this, this kind of like non-egoic connection to, to all, to all humanity. And, um, I, I'm curious, like how, uh, let's say like the idea of things like an overemphasis on the individual or things like enmeshment. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I think that a lot of people have had experiences where there's been a lot of maybe over indexing on maybe too much unhealthy connection. Right, 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 <laughs> so, right. But that's still in the individual boundaried egoic um, wiring. So it's a different circuitry than what I'm speaking of. And I, and I, that, that being inside everything, it doesn't, it's almost like the people that are beginning to access that are beginning to access almost a different realm of existence. And does that existence include things like access to like new ways of being productive and creative and yeah, so it's okay. So, so, so try this on. So the, the non-egoic, so if you think about even your, like, if you, if you're individually really good at something, right? You know that you're like masterful at um, dancing or, you know, cooking or making love or some, something where you can really count on yourself to be able to be reliably brilliant, right? In a certain area. Mm-hmm. And you know that when you become truly masterful, you know, and you've done whatever the work is as an individual to do that, there's a point where something else starts to happen and you realize that something takes over, you know, you can go to a place where you're, where you can sort of make it happen. And then there's a place where something else happens and and Mm. it's not you anymore. Like it's literally like you get taken over and you're so thrilled. And then you come back and you're like, Oh my God, that was amazing. (laughs) And you you know, it wasn't even you, you're just available for, kind of being orchestrated at that at that moment humanity the the humans it's not going to be all humans i mean i think a lot of humans will stay in their individual places and some people are rooted in very very primitive ways of being you know we have different people in different places and they will probably live and die inside the particular reality and level of consciousness that they're currently in you can't experience that kind of oneness with them because they're in a different world. They're literally in a different world. And when you begin to access this with other people and you start to find what I'm pointing to, and, and you can only do it with others who are focused, you know, it isn't like, I want that to happen. So then I just feel that with the rest of the world, that would still be individual. It has to be with you and this person and that person. We start to be able to consciously access this frequency of shared unity that evolution is giving, right? When you go there, the unity is, is immaculate. It's not ever been broken. It's like a, it's like a wave that I think the new children are coming in on. I actually think the autistic you know, the fact that there's one in 50 kids is auti- is labeled autistic and there's more coming that maybe they're not, you know, maybe there's something that's starting to change. Maybe humans are starting to come in from, you know, like something different, like in the next hundred years, it may be that humans, the, the humans that are coming will actually be more connected and have a circuitry, a capacity that is so far beyond like the way we are 
And they, the, the solutions like Greta, you know, like Greta Thunberg, that teenager who mm -hmm. I become famous. Like when you listen to her talk, she's not talking just like an individual girl, you know, or young woman. It's almost like she's speaking from the many as one without even knowing it. She speaks from some place where people are like, what? You know, like you, you start listening to her and you think, what is that? You know, where, right. where is she speaking from? If you had a million Gretas, if you had, and she identifies herself as being autistic, actually, you know, if you had a million children and young people that were literally coming from where she's coming from, and they felt that unification together, new solutions would be possible in the world. And they would function differently. They would take action differently. Because when you're not all about yourself and all about your choices and your learning and what do you, you know, your growth and stuff, there's a different wiring where like, um, a, like an amazing, you know, a jazz band or something, when they go into that flow state and they're all connected, they're playing in that flow together, right? They go somewhere and they start being played. And it's not an impossible thought that human consciousness and embodiment is moving in that direction. That would make sense, right? You know, if we had humans that were connected and there was a certain kind of unitive connection between them, and it was being orchestrated from something greater, you could imagine the world working. Mm, I love that. And I completely agree with you. And I also think that the younger, you know, younger kids coming through do feel different. And I do think that there's been a heightened interest in things like intuition and having a, a sort of a a different sense of, of the world um, in general. Yeah. So it's just been kind of mind blowing. I spent uh, two years at this place called the Academy of Intuition Medicine. So um, I've, I've sort of seen that shift uh, where it's even becoming more and more popular in the business world, yeah. uh, this idea of intuition and <laughs> what does it mean to access non-local consciousness? I think for me, what feels um, really different with your work, and of course, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is is the non-egoic um, part of it, because I I haven't heard it, heard it explained that way. Um, and so I'm curious, Patricia, if you could talk to us about a technique, um, a practice, or something that maybe the audience can do as like a homework, um, or maybe they need to take your e-course as a first step. But I'm, I'm just curious if you could give our audience something to sort of, um, you know, chew on after the conversation and maybe implement in their own life in, in real time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that, you know, tips are always, you know, kind of one of the things that people, people appreciate. I can't, there's no tip for, I mean, he, here's what's um, important, right? So, I mean, number one, like, like in this moment, one of the things that they could do is like, if they bring their awareness into my voice, so rather than listening over from over where they are and deciding whether they like what I'm saying, or, you know, what you're usually doing when you're listening is if they just bring their focus of attention, you can do that too, like to like where my voice is, which is not really located anywhere, but to just be with the voice and then the silence. If you had a few hundred people in this moment and they were willing to do that, you would already feel a kind of coherence beginning. 
So rather than being in their in their subjective bubble, they're literally coming into a place of connection here. Mm. So that's just like a like a small thing you can go, oh, subjective is your inner world that everybody's been developing. And then this inner subjective, which is this come over here. And then from there, we take people into like accessing this unitive awakening fabric. And then your origination point is the egoless part. I mean, so the part that uh, I watch as I see the people that are practicing and they're entering into, you know, that have done tons of work. A lot of them are teachers and people that have, you know, done different things. Some of them are young and they get it really quickly, which is really exciting. Um, Cause I think there are a lot of people like your age and younger who are also like, they don't want to do endless processing. And, you know, there's some part of them, like, it looks like you have to, but you don't. I'm bringing, you know, when they find this origination point connection in full awareness with another, you start to get this taste of, of a, of a, it's almost like home. It's like this place of embodiment and connection that's not alone, number one. You know, you're literally not just all in there by yourself, right? There's a connection, you know, that is not, not alone. And it's also very, very pure. You almost feel um, that newness, there's, a, there's an incredible sense of purity and newness. And you realize that, part of the direction of evolution is we've come from being highly strategic. You know, initially we were very simple, you know, the Neanderthals were pretty simple, but then we got very strategic. And if you watch, if you just use, like I've, I've done a teaching around strategic and then this highly receptive domain and humans are going from being highly strategic to this other realm of being receptive, absorptive, like literally, you know, like um, my son is like that. He's, um, I can never figure out, like he was, he was born more like where things are going and he could remember everything. He knew things he had no business knowing. I mean, it was wild. Do you know what I mean? Like he was mm. looking at things on the subway. I remember when he was like four, he was telling me the names of the fonts that they were using on the subway signs. And I'm thinking, who are you? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what? You know, and he would just, it was kind of like, but you get this absorptive that is not strategic. It's not like, you know, I'm focusing and I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do the tips and I'm going to find out. And, you know, it's like this, this incredibly open absorptive, which is pure. And it can be orchestrated. Like you can feel the, the purity in your, your, your natural way of being that is exquisite and ridiculously intelligent, like way more intelligent than, you know, if you're really smart and you're, you know, having to figure it all out and navigate a world that is strategic, you know, I mean, you watch the politicians in the various countries and, you know, like, it's just all strategy and it's exhausting. You know, you realize that in order to be in the world, there's so much of a need to be strategic. And I think a lot of people, you know, your age and younger are just going, Ugh, you know, like, I don't, this is exhausting. Like, I don't know if I want to get good at this. You know, this doesn't look all that attractive. 
Um, and the truth is, is that, the, you know, the humans that are coming are coming more and more to be more of this receptive kind of intelligence and purity, which is the only thing that will ever work here. You know, so it's kind of like in the Bible, they said the meek shall inherit the earth. I think it's true. I actually think this level of pure divinity ultimately is, is where we're headed without having to learn to be divine. You know, I think that's being given more and more. And the people that pay attention, you know, they stop like working on their shadow and all this, you know, like for a moment, they find there's a different connection that starts to free you of many things. And it's not spiritual bypass. Yeah, I, I want to double click on that because um, you've alluded to it. <laughs> this this post personal work, right, and moving beyond self actualization. And I think you know a lot of people talk about if you just focus on yourself and, and your own shadows, then you become narcissistic. And you know, and I think I was you know probably on that <laughs> path a while ago where all I wanted to do was work on myself. And you know, if, if people didn't. Um, it didn't weren't in that in that world for me. Then I sort of just wanted to keep them at bay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and it's so it's so fascinating because I think I lived in the Bay Area for a long time, and um, it felt like the Bay Area was the at least the consciousness got to a place where, uh, in the words of my friend Michael Margulis, called it bougie woke. <laughs> 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 you know, it, well, here's the thing. That was the only thing on the menu. So it's either you're unconscious, <laughs> you have no clue who you are and what you're doing to other people and yourself, or you're very conscious. So, you know, picking that as, as the option is a better choice on the menu. What I'm adding is another choice on the menu or evolution is adding that I'm not, you know, I mean, there's, there's actually something else and for your people, if any of this is kind of going, what, you know, like, what is she talking about? You know, if you're the remotely curious, you should download the e-course, read that part of the book, you know, see what I'm saying, you know, listen to some of the things and just go find out if it resonates, find out if some part of you goes, right. You know, there's something that some of us need to be paying attention to. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure you're, you're, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to take that e-course after this and, <laughs> and dive in. And um, Patricia, you also say in your book um, that, because I think this is also an interesting point that you made, which is that we've sort of, um, I guess, idolized or prioritized the, the person who is the most strategic for such a long time, yeah. um, maybe because of the industrial revolution, but it just feels like now at this point, it's a you know, it's become a negative loop. <laughs> um, and, and we're sort of maybe even becoming so efficient that we're destroying ourselves in the process. And so, yeah. Yeah. And, and so in your book, you say, and I love this because, um, you say, we tend to assume that highly evolved individuals spontaneously attain highly evolved relationships, but that is not the case. And I, I love that, uh, point because I think so many people in culture today confuse, intellectual capacity for self-awareness. And that is just could not be more, it could not be more different. <laughs> and so that's true. Even, but even like, you know, I live in the Bay Area, so I'm very aware of the sensitive, you know, people that are very attuned and they can go into bliss, you know, in a moment, they just breathe a certain way and they're in bliss with you or whatever it is. That's also not 
what I'm talking about. So it's not just the intellectual, you know, the more, the more mental, but it's also, it's still like, I mean, this will sound, you'll, you'll get this, but this will probably sound a little irreverent. But I mean, when we first started to teach people how to do this, sometimes they would lean into their own sort of blissful way of connecting, right? Because I lived in Boulder too, that, you know, people know how to go into <laughs> bliss. And, and it was, and after knowing this oneness with people, it feels smarmy. It feels like they're getting off on you. Like it's really, it's a weird, it's so different than the actual experience of accessing true oneness with the other person because it's so light and it's so real. And you can you can be projecting, you know, bliss on other people. Mm, I love that. Uh, and Patricia, I know your origin story, and I yeah. think it's important to to share that with the audience because I I mean, and you spoke about it a little bit with your um, was it your husband or your partner at the time? But the partner, the partner, leader, yeah, your partner who you spent four years with. Um, but I, I'd love to actually spend a little bit more time talking about that because I think what, at least from what I understood, that relationship was so different than the one you had before. And so that was sort of your, your comparison. And then, um, yeah, so I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that journey and your story and, and why you decided to dedicate so much of your life to this work. Yeah. Um, well, just, just quickly, I mean, I, I, I think sometimes you're just chosen like there's things where you, you didn't know it was on the menu, but they gave it to you anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, I ended up becoming a teacher very, very young. You know, I, I, I was 18 when I met Werner Erhard, who started the landmark work and Aston coaching and all that stuff. So, um, so I had, an, I had 15 years of working on myself and teaching tens of thousands of people before I met Peter. Um, and I met him when I was 32. So it was 14 years. Um, and when I met him, you know, I just thought it was a, a love affair. You know, he's this gorgeous German guy who's eight years younger. And, um, you know, we started to, we connected and it soon turned into this experience of not just being, you know, madly in love with each other, but it was something so much bigger, like, you know, his devotion to his spiritual work. He'd been to India and, you know, was uh, kind of working in energy, you know, teaching in his own right. And then, you know, I'd been teaching and we just started. We were so wholehearted. We were such this ridiculous, intense, passionate yes to each other and to the divine that we literally were taken for four years before he died um, into this shared experience that just kept blasting like anything that was separate. And, and at the same time, I felt this origination point connection. Like I felt more divine, more myself. You know, I was rendered so utterly connected to myself that I couldn't, I couldn't compromise after that. You know, I couldn't pretend to be anything other than, and that happened in this unitive connection. Right. And um, so that was, you know, for four years when you're with someone who from the moment he woke up in the morning till the time we went to sleep at night, it was all about 
the space and it was all about being together and you know we we did some work but you know our our focus was really on the divine and not each other so when he died um i was left like being in a world where i didn't actually know how to be here without him initially because my my consciousness was so altered and i was so connected to him and then he wasn't here so you know i kind of the long story you know i still work with people but i didn't even try to bring people into that space because i didn't even know i didn't even know what it was for you know i it was it took a long time to just sort of heal and wonder and it was it was it was maybe 18 years later when i realized you know i was about I, i've been teaching forever and I was just sort of getting bored with, you know, working on myself individually and other people. And I wanted everyone to have a great life. And there was no question, but there was something that was coming out of it, like the background frequency and the energy for it was just kind of falling away. And I thought, I don't know, am I supposed to retire now? You know, I mean, I could have. <laughs> I, and I just waited for two years. And then I literally started, I got the download of like, no, 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 no what you had with Peter was a precursor. You know, it was like humanity's ready for something. You know, that's what's next. It was, it's not just a love affair. It was, there's a, there's a coming into oneness and there's something beyond just cooperating with each other, loving each other where humanity was going. So I started experimenting with about 30 people who trusted me and had worked with me in the past. And it was there. And I even, I remember like after the first two years we were in a, we were in a group and we were just kind of working and discovering and, and the, this thought came, this doubt came and it says, what if there was no karma? And I was like, what, you know, like, what if there was no karma? Like, what would life be if there was no karma, if there was no learning through cause and effect? And it just, you know, shook me. I was like, well, and that's, you know, more started to come. And then I started realizing more and more what kept showing itself was that there's something else that's actually starting to be given and that the, that some people needed to pay attention. And I, I'm sure I sounded very, even crazier than I do now um, back then, but it was so loud and the taste of it was so different. I mean, it's such a, like when you bring people sort of across that divide and they start to really experience what I'm pointing to, you can really taste the difference between being an individual in the normal way and then being in the shared unity and accessing this particularity that you are um, and being so profoundly connected to the circuitry with others that are inside it. Um, and so, yeah, and it's still, if it's the beginning, I mean, the thing I, I like, I think there's a lot of juice in the beginning of things, you know, like when, when you're, when you're aware it's starting, which is different than 50 years in, you know, it's different. Like there's, there's some kind of energy that the world, that evolution is giving you for the people that are willing to sort of play on the edge. Um, and I particularly love that. And I love who shows up, you know, the people that are at the beginning of things are always an interesting group. 
(laughs) Right, right. They're fun. And so, Patricia, I'm curious, like, since you've been doing this work, are you able to tap in kind of all the time or is it only certain times throughout the day when you're, I guess, doing the work? Um, yeah. How is that showing up for you? It's, it's all the time. I mean, for me, um, the, the consciousness, you know, for the people that are interested instead of non-dual awakening, which is what's available in the individual realm, you know, one of the kinds of access, this is called unilocal. And so the consciousness itself is a different kind of awakening. And so when you awaken to that, there is a sense of intimacy it's like you're very awake and very inside everything and there's a there's a quality of um what is that i mean there's love i mean it's it's very very beautiful but it's also very embodied very quiet and there's so much goodness which is kind of the opposite of what we're seeing in the world and so the more people, like when there are people, we have a practice community, you know, where you can get on every day, a couple of times a day, if you wanted to, you know, not that people do that, but, um, and we have practices online that we've been doing for three and a half years and you can watch people lose their superego, lose their, you know, conversation of judgment to themselves of, um, there's a spontaneity, there's a kind of freedom, there's you just get bored with yourself. You know, the other thing is all of the, the things that you're usually chewing on about you and then, and then, you know, it's kind of like, it just gets less interesting. Like you kind of, you lose interest in the Patricia project, you know, we make ourselves like a project and there's something that starts to, to relax around that. And there's more flow and more of a sense of um, power and certainty actually within yourself as well. So it changes people incredibly, you know, and the people that I've watched who've really stayed in and gone deeper as a, as a person who's taught tens of thousands of people on their individual journeys, it's incredible. I mean, this is like way better as far as, you know, being able to bring people to that kind of place that I would have always wanted to with their individual work. It's more efficient. Um, and it's more elegant, you know, there's a kind of elegant elegance to it. And we're together. I mean, the other thing is this is not for people who love that experience of being completely alone. There's a quality of being home and I don't know, it's different. And it's, and I don't actually like being with people when they're in their egos that much, you know, I find it tiring. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not, you know, it's not like, you have to be a people person because it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with a different place to reside um, on the inner planes. Do you know what I mean like on the inner place that is connected? Um, anyway, I, um, I I don't know how much this is making sense, but no, it is. It is. No, I'm I'm so fascinated by it. And where can people? Um, find this. I'm, it's unfortunate that we're running out of time. Um, but, but I'm, I really want the audience to be able to practice this on their own. So, so you mentioned that, that this was available even a couple times a day. Um, Here's the first step, go to evolutionarycollective.com and sign up for the e-course, get that. 
And then um, we, I do courses five times a year. There's a, there's a four part course where we teach people how to go into this. They have to show up for the course. It's not just listen to it, you know, and try it by yourself in the mirror. This is like be with other people, get inside this. Um, and during that four part course, right. You know, it's four weeks. There's two weeks where we bring people into the global communities because you have to know how to practice. You can't just send people in there if they don't know what they're doing. So after the first two sessions, we bring people into global and they can get on every day for two weeks if they want and really experience this for themselves. And then if they love it, you know, if this is something that really um, they resonate with, then they can be part of the practice community after that and continue to go deeper. Um, and so there is a way to sustain this. And we have people from all over the world um, that get on. We, we do usually one to three practice sessions a day. So people have options for the time. Amazing. And the four-week course is available all the time or just a couple times a year? It's, um, it's, I do it five times a year. So um, I'm, I just started one right now. I'll be doing another one uh, in February. So, you know, if people kind of find out and they go to the website and they listen to some stuff, you know, they'll be ready to, to do it, I'm sure, in a few months. Okay, great. Awesome. Well, Patricia, is there um, any other resources that you can point folks to in order to learn more about you, your work, if you're on social media? Yeah, we have a Facebook page, um, Evolutionary Collective, and we post on it pretty much every day. So there's lots of information there. Um, and again, on the website, if they go to the Join Us page, there are, I believe, two or three different um, audios, not audio, videos, where they can listen to the perspective, you know, an hour and 15 minutes where I really describe certain things um, that are really different. It's not like something they've heard before. So it'll go deeper into that evolutionary perspective and mutual awakening and what happens. And, and so if they get on there, you know, they, they can get some more information as well. Amazing. Patricia, this was so delightful. I have so many more questions to ask you. <laughs> I just think you have such a wealth of information and I, I love the way that you think about the world and I'm, yeah, just super grateful for your time. So I'll leave all the links in the show notes and I'll have to, I'll, I'm going to try your four week course. So, <laughs> so I'll see you, Great. I'll see you there. I would love that. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you so much, Patricia. I hope you have a wonderful day and for our audience, Thanks for joining and for listening. In this episode, we learned about evolutionary relationships. You can tune in to Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one -on -one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Thanks again. <laughs>